Red Apple Media Podcast Network presents. This is Protecting America. Now, here's Emmy-winning journalist Rita Cosby. I'm Rita Cosby, and welcome, everybody, to another Protecting America podcast. Crime is rampant in America. In fact, just this week, 12 major U.S. cities set historic high homicide rates this year, a sad milestone. But virtually all of them are led by Democratic politicians. And this comes as many other Democratic politicians, like New York's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the district attorney in Philadelphia, have said that crime is really not so bad. Are you kidding me? Well, joining me now on Protecting America is the great former New York Police Commissioner Howard Safer. Commissioner Safer, thanks so much for being here. Good to be with you. You know, it's stunning as we were just talking about these enormously high homicide rates in many major cities across America. And yet Democrats seem to say it's not happening. In fact, the DA in Philadelphia, Commissioner Seyford, said crime, there really isn't a crime crisis. What do you say to politicians like that? You know, they're like ostriches. They stick their head in a hole and they think that there's no danger around them. The fact is that the crime in those cities is going up because of the stupid policies. The bail reform, which lets recidivists out to commit the exact same crime they were put in jail for to begin with, lowering the amount of dollars for theft to make them misdemeanors, invites people into places like Nordstrom's and Macy's and mobs to steal whatever they can steal with no fear of retribution. You know, the reason that we were able to bring crime down in New York in the mid-90s and uh, through 2000s before de Blasio got in was because criminals knew that they committed a crime, they were going to get arrested, they were going to go to jail, and they were going to get sentenced to prison. None of that is happening in those 12 cities, including New York, and it's a disgrace because the citizens of this country are the ones who are paying the price. Absolutely. And, you know, you talked about some of these sort of smash and grabs. Um, New York's own Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez came out recently, Commissioner Safer, and said, you know, that the datas don't bear it out, that basically these things aren't happening. Like, we can't believe our eyes, even though it's on videotape, whether it's in the Nordstrom or the Louis Vuitton or the Walgreens. And in fact, uh, it was such a blatant, uh, you know, misstatement, to put it nicely, that Walgreens came out and said, uh, it is a big issue with us. It is, a, you know, they walked back at Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. What do you make of these politicians who want us to sort of not even believe what we're seeing on videotape? You know, the progressives have their agenda, and their agenda is to put this country back in where it was in the 80s, where crime was rampant everywhere. And their agenda is that they, that they know better uh, than the criminal justice system who should be punished. And it's ridiculous. I mean... Yeah, Ocasio-Cortez may have been a great bartender, but she's certainly not a great congresswoman. Uh, she wants to go back to the days when people could not walk safely in their neighborhoods. And she thinks that this progressive thing of everybody doing whatever they want is the way to go. And we know that's not America, and that's not what the majority of people in this country want. 
They want to be safe. They want to be able to protect their families. They want to be able to go to their jobs without worrying about being a victim of crime. And sadly, that's what's happening in those 12 cities and New York City. You know, uh, the DA in Los Angeles, who is extremely progressive, Gascon, uh, basically came out, and this was stunning, saying essentially, you know, most crime is down except for homicides, that little thing called homicides. Um, It's so insulting to hear this, don't you think, as a commissioner? You were, you know, you served on the front lines. You've seen it. And to someone sort of minimize, oh, it's just homicides. Well, as we know, it's not just not homicide. It's taking away somebody's child, somebody's parent, somebody's brother or sister. And and the fact is, it's not just homicides that are up in Los Angeles. Shootings are up in Los Angeles. And shootings, in my mind, are a homicide with bad aim. So, you know, it, it is a terrible thing for this district attorney to take that position. He should be saying, what we need to do is make sure that people... Don't walk around with guns on the street uh, because we have police officers who enforce the law. He's going just in the opposite direction. It's the same thing that happened in New York uh, when they eliminated the uh, anti-crime units, the plainclothes units. Homicides and shootings immediately started to skyrocket, and they still are. Are you happy to hear that Eric Adams, the incoming New York City mayor, has said he will bring back the plainclothes police unit? I think that's so important. What's your reaction to that? I'm very optimistic. You know, Eric Adams was a, a cop for his whole career before he became borough president. Uh, he worked for me when I was commissioner. He knows how to police, and I'm optimistic that he's going to start reinstating some of these programs that made the New, New York the safest large city in America when I was there, when Commissioner Bratton was there, when Commissioner Kelly was there. You know, it's interesting because already Black Lives Matter and some other people have been balking at Eric Adams. Ironically, here he is, you know, an African-American. He'd be the second African-American to be New York City mayor. And yet he's going to be having some battles, even with Black Lives Matter and some of these progressives. Don't you think over-policing? They were upset that he was bringing back the plainclothes unit. Well, of course they are, because Black Lives Matter wants chaos. You know, they, they have a time, which is beginning hopefully to wane now, when they were the loudest voices and people were listening to them like they did in Seattle and Portland, where they ceded part of the city to the Black Lives Matter people and let them set up their own government, which is ridiculous. Uh, I think the majority of African Americans in this country want exactly what we all do. They want to take care of their families, be able to work and pursue their lives, not to be burning down stores, which primarily were owned by African-Americans, looting and assaulting people. You know, that's that's what Black Lives Matter is all about. It's not about improving the lives of African-Americans. And to your point, uh, and everybody, we're talking to the great former New York Police Commissioner Howard Safer here on Protecting America. Um, To your point, Commissioner, Black Lives Matter just came out. This was stunning. And this is in the Jesse Smollett case there in Chicago, saying that they basically support him and say that, quote, we can never believe the police. And like the police are making all of this up because he is an African-American. How divisive that kind of rhetoric continues to be. Absolutely. And of course, you know, it's hardly worth responding to. You have two brothers who committed the crime with him who are testifying under oath 
you have videotape, you have emails, you have everything that you knew that you need to put a good evidentiary case together to convict Smollett of exactly what he did, set up a phony assault and then try to profit from it. And yet, you know, he's African-American. Uh, the two brothers are African-American, too, as well. But if you listen to this rhetoric from Black Lives Matter, it's like any time an African-American is charged, even if it is, you know, very much legitimate, as the evidence is very strong in this case, um, and obviously many other cases, you know, it's not like police just make things up out of thin air. You know, they seem to think that any time an African-American is charged, it's racist. That that kind of rhetoric, how do you go from there? And how do police operate when you've got people that are this divisive? Well, police have to do their job. The police chiefs have to stand behind their police officers. And most important, the chief executive of the city, the county, the state, or the country have to stand behind the police and understand that if we don't have effective policing, criminals will be ruling our cities and ruling our streets. We can't let that happen. We've gone too far in the wrong direction already, and we need to turn it around. How key is it also, you know, DAs and judges, too, as well, Commissioner? Because certainly people, you know, a lot of times they go to the voting booth and they just kind of check off, you know, a a name and, and don't really investigate. I think it is so pivotal. We learned it in the last election. We saw it in one great example was in Long Island. Um, where Ann Donnelly and also Blakeman got in, and they were very much law and order candidates. Long Island sent a message saying, we want to be safe. Um, A lot of times people don't necessarily look into the DAs. They don't look into some of the judge candidates. Um, How important is it, especially as we're talking about bail reform, because cops can do their job, Commissioner. And then what happens is so many times we see these, you know, repeat offenders back out on the street soon after they're arrested because a DA or a judge let them go. Well, I, I heard a statistic today that arrests are down to their lowest Uh, number in this country in 50 years. And one of the reasons for that is police officers are becoming frustrated because they arrest somebody and by the time they're back on patrol, that person's back out on the street. Many cities, including New York, have done away with qualified immunity, which protects police officers and their families from frivolous lawsuits. So what's happening are uh, police officers are reacting to a crime in process, but that's a failure when the crime already took place. What we should be doing is doing assertive policing to to prevent crime before it occurs, but it's not gonna happen if police officers believe that they're putting their families and their jobs at at jeopardy because of these kind of DAs, judges, and legislators who are passing these ridiculous laws. One of the things I'm hopeful for is that in 2022, uh, we'll be able to turn that around. Yeah. How do you get officers to say, hang in there, you know, stay in there, stay on the job. We need you. It's really hard. And it's really something I've I've spoken to a lot of police chiefs and senior executives in police departments. And, you know, we're seeing retirements at record rates. We're seeing recruiting really hard to do. In fact, I, I read, which astounded me, a small uh, police department is now offering a $20,000 incentive if you become a police officer. We should never have to be in that position. We should be looking for people who want to serve, 
not people who are looking for adventure or money, but people who are looking to make a difference and protect and serve. But they're not going to do that as long as the overall theme of politicians and DAs are cops are not what matters, criminals matter. Yeah, we have to turn this around. Um, and policing is such a noble profession and get the best of the best there to protect all of us. Um, former New York Police Commissioner Howard Safer, thank you so much for all you have done uh, to keep New York City safe and our country safe. So great to have you with us. Good to be with you, Rita. And everybody, I'll be back soon with another great edition of Protecting America. And of course, you can catch me every weeknight, 10 p.m. to midnight on the legendary WABC Radio. This is Rita Cosby, and thanks for all you do to protect America.